Welcome to the Thrive in the Workplace podcast brought to you by The Wellness Theory in partnership with B1G1 Business for Good. This podcast is all about uplifting organisations to thrive when it comes to all things workplace wellbeing. From organisational culture, the most effective wellness campaigns you can imagine and integrating social good, you will find insights, inspiration and information that supports leaders at all levels to implement best practices to improve engagement, performance and vitality within the workforce. We believe that workplaces can and should be healthy and sustainable for both the workforce, the bottom line and the community. And in this podcast, we'll show you how. And just so you know, for every listen this podcast gets, we'll be donating to a life-saving project aligned with the UN 2030 Global Goals. So thank you for being here and continuing the ripple effect. Without further ado, join us to thrive in the workplace and become a force for good in the world. You are in for a treat today with our guest, Andrew Stotter Brooks. With over 25 years of experience in learning and development as head of L&D for some of the largest organizations in the region, including Adnoc, Etihad and the Al Shire Group, Andrew is a passionate and award-winning professional who helps people and organizations achieve their full potential. He is the chief learner at Weird Human, a company that shows the extraordinary in each of us through innovative, enjoyable and impactful learning solutions. Andrew's mission is to help people be brilliant and to make learning fun, engaging and meaningful. So welcome to the show, Andrew, otherwise known as Stotts. I'm so excited to have you here today with us. Charlotte, it's an absolute honour, privilege um, to be talking to you. So thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here. You're welcome. Listen, with the, I met you obviously earlier this year in the event. And what really struck me is that our co- first conversation was quite meaningful right from the offset. And obviously, we're in a region. You're the where... first person to ever. You're the first person to ever say that to me, Charlotte. So, I, oh, <laughs> oh, do I get a do I get a badge? Do I get, get a badge? badge if you want? I'm sure we can create a little badge for you, no doubt. I mean, a meaningful conversation badge. Hey. But right from the offset, and this is one of the things I really loved about you and what drew me to you and wanted to bring you on here as a guest, because in a region where most people introduce themselves with their role and their expertise, you were just yourself, and that's what I found really meaningful. And if you actually have the track record to boast about some of the big gigs you've had and what you're up to in the world, right? But it was so refreshing that you just just showed up as yourself, which I absolutely loved. So for anybody that doesn't know you, can you share a little bit of a background of kind of who you are and what it is you're up to in the world? Um, tiny bit of background about me because I, I think it's boring for listeners. Um, I've I started my career at the bottom. Um, I started my career dishwashing. Um, then had a fairly um, the early part of my career was fairly stellar. Um, managed sort of like very 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 big successful restaurants and hotels. Um, primarily in London. Um, then moved um into sort of more um leisure kind of health and fitness. Primarily um in the in the, the domain of training. Um, fell into it. Genuinely fell into it. I had no plans of doing it. Kind of quite like doing it. I thought I had a natural, well, other people told me I had a natural talent for doing it. Um, then held a number of very senior sort of positions in the learning development field and um, with some some mega um, companies around the world, uh, not least of which like Starbucks and, and Hilton. Um, we did a lot of work with P&O, um, obviously with people with companies like H&M, and then obviously then moved into um, aviation. So um, sort of vice president of learning for a big aviation um, organization, which um, most of your listeners will be immediately familiar with. And then and more recently, um, I'm on a new adventure with another kind of like um, 
I think it's the the sixth biggest um, company in the world um, now, which is great. But I I'm, I'd rather not kind of mention too much about that. But in the in the meantime, I also have this kind of like badger of sort of weird human. And we talk much of weird human for me is I I think I'm extraordinary, um, and I believe that Charlotte's extraordinary. And 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 if you're listening to this, you are extraordinary as well. And I think that's the message. It's trying to kind of really shed light on the extraordinary thing that is humanity and just trying to explore some of the brilliant people so you know have a have a few quite nice conversations that's a little bit about me i i'm a bit of a i'm a a fairly um i'm a good juggler juggle chainsaws uh children's entertainer do a bit of um, balloon modeling plate spinning um tiny bit of magic demon face painter um married a uh, beautiful, beautiful wife, married for 30 years. Um, and I have two incredible children who are both, uh, both fully employed, graduated university. So um, probably too much information, Charlotte. You can cut that out if you want. But anyway, um, there you go. That's me. Never too much information. Because what I love is it was so well-rounded. Like, you know, you've been, not only been obviously like leading the charge professionally, but also like your family life as well. And and you've got the like hobbies. And I know you're juggling uh hobby was more of a career as well in the, in the beginning right so I just love how it's all come together and, and here you are you're sitting here on a podcast all about thriving in the workplace like it's just it just fascinates me how our life experiences bring us to where we are so on that note starts real quick yeah. what's life yeah, like through your eyes it's pretty cool top of the world really you know I I think I've got I think I wonder I I kind of I quite pride myself I'm just going to sound a bit um a bit negative but I, there is there's definitely i i, I have uh, i think i polarize people um so i think some people really hate me you know i think they're in the they're in the minority but there's definitely the the stots not likers um i think the majority of people who come into contact with me really like me i think the people who don't like me don't really understand me and they are perhaps a bit f- afraid of being authentic themselves and so to my mind they probably need to you know chill out a little bit and just be a bit more genuine a bit more real and recognize that you know you um, you need to see it to be it. And so I, I try to I like to try to role model. I think that's a really important message. So yeah, so um I it's a, it'll be, I think you've been very, very complimentary. I'm just a normal kind of guy who just tries really hard. I've got four um values that the world's heard a thousand times, but I can bore you two seconds on that. I think that we should be giving respect freely to every single human being in the planet. I mean, there's no one should earn my respect. I don't think that's uh, that's required. Um, I love and hug and give and care and be kind to any human being who comes, you know, within about two or three feet of me. Um, a little unsettling at the beginning for some people, but they, they generally warm to me after that. Um, hence, um, maybe our instant connection. And that's important. So I'm a real big believer in um, hearing people and not just hearing them, you know, verbally, but actually hearing them, you know, from a body, body language point of view and just really understanding, kind of getting a little bit, kind of understand about who they are. I'm a huge believer in acknowledging, saying good morning, smiling at strangers. I think smiling at strangers is really powerful. Um, and I and I like to remember people. So I, I like to try to remember kind of like snippets about people because that's obviously a great segue into the next, you know, next conversation, next meeting. So I've got quite a good memory as far as, you know, christening birthdays, parties, you know, last time we met. Um, perhaps we were talking about buying a new car or going on vacation. And so I can quickly kind of bring that into the conversation. How was the holiday, Charlotte? You know, or it was great when you were dancing with me the other day. Yeah, so just those kind of things, just, just bring it together. So those kind of four things are really, um, I think, have, have, have served me very well. And I just try to do my best every day, Charlotte. I'm not very good at it most of the time. I I, I recognise that I'm, I am just flesh and blood, but I give it my best shot. Um, my kind of 
my kind of thought is that I spend pretty terrifying for anyone listening to this. But I spend about 24 hours. Well, I, I'm the only human being on the planet who spends 24 hours a day, seven days a week with me, um, which is pretty horrifying for some people. Um, uh, maybe one or two people in my life are quite happy with that. Um, but, but you know, I, I, I have to choose my own personality. I choose who I am. I want to be authentic. I want to be real. I want to be me. I just don't like the bullshit, really. Sorry to be so negative. I don't like people who just like faking. I just, just, let's just be, let's just be us. Let's just be genuine human beings who care, I, I see myself as really kind. Um, however, that's interpreted. That's um, up to you. But I, you know, I'm giving you my love and my respect for free. And if you've already just shared so much value, we can literally just hit stop on this podcast right now and listen. <laughs> go and replay that because there, there's so many gems in there. Because I think the way you live is so authentic. You know, you're human at the end of the day. Nothing's going to be perfect. You know, you said like life through your eyes is pretty cool, but not every day is going to be sunshines and rainbows right as much as you're this upbeat um you know very charismatic person i can imagine you face challenges like the like the rest of us oh i i'm a massive depressant i get i get super depressed but i realize i have a choice you know i think that's uh so i i i'm very i have a very well i think i do have a perfect life as far as my my career and my 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 family you know, my health, all that kind of is, is amazing. I, you know, I'm really lucky. I think I have a lot of privilege. I'm a white heterosexual bloke, you know, I'm middle-aged, middle-class. Um, I think, and I, and I kind of really recognise that in myself as well. I think sometimes some of the people I work with from different backgrounds perhaps have a, they're perhaps starting their race, they're, they're sort of the human race a little bit behind where I am. That's just, I, I can't really... I can I can apologize for it, but it's just the reality of it. I, I was I was well brought up by beautiful parents in a beautiful country, um, in a safe environment on the beach, you know. So therefore I, I that 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 helps. Um, but I recognize that some people didn't have those advantages in life. Um and you, you kind of play the deck you're given, really. So um yeah. But it's nice, it's I I'd, I'd like to I'm I'm definitely not, you know, I I I, I'm, 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 I'm human, so I have bad days. I mean, I, I've had, a, I've had a, a mixed sort of day today, but I, I've, used, I've kind of thrown my usual kind of strategy at it, um, and my usual strategy um, wins, if I'm honest. So yeah, so it's been quite. A, so actually, in the end, I feel I've, I've won today. Uh, when I in balance, when I kind of like put my little head on my pillow tonight, um, I will ask myself the same question, the same question I ask myself every night, and I have done for probably thirty years. Was you know, did you give it your best shot? And, you know, 99.999% of the time I go, I did give it my best shot. And I absolutely knackered. Absolutely. Yes, you are. Um, and I feel that whatever happens after I've given it my best shot, if it doesn't go to my favour, then it's not I'm not responsible because I've just done my best shot. You know, I, I didn't leave anything on the pitch. So in this meeting, in this conversation, in my relationships, in, you know, in my presentations, whatever I'm doing, I give it I give it my best. If it's not good enough and I lose the game, then fair enough. But I'm at least not going home and say, oh, I should have tried harder there. I should have been clearer there. should have done more of this. In, in, I live in the moment. I, I, I do the best I can. And is that the strategy you use to move you through those kind of maybe turbulent elements of your day? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge recipe follower. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got probably about 400 recipes. Um, sounds mental. So I have, I have about 400 recipes I use. Pretty much um, almost every situation I find myself in, I kind of like go, oh, that's where I need to put this recipe into play. And I, I put that, I sort of play that recipe and you wouldn't know I'm playing the recipe. Um, but the, but the you, you just, gen I mean, I, sometimes I get embarrassed because some people, sometimes I get asked or oh, tell me some of the recipes. Start. So I then start 
telling them some of the recipes, they go, oh, you've done that with me. Oh, you've done that with me. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I remember you doing that to me. And I'm again, and then you go, you're a bit of a fraud, aren't you, really, Stotts? And it's like, mm, I don't think I'm a fraud. I think I... I think I, I know the sort of buttons I can press to get a reaction. And I would play those buttons and I'm, I, I practice those buttons quite well. So therefore it's, it becomes easier. Am I a fraud? Not really, but I just feel it's just, you know, like, like anything in life, if you're following a recipe, you probably get a moderately okay outcome. If you don't follow the recipe and you're reckless, you probably will get a bit of a bad cake. Yeah. And that's how you end up creating your life experiences and, and leaving the world a bit better than you found it I think because you're you're approaching it with self-awareness and intention and I think those are actually two uh, qualities that are becoming a little bit lost in translation particularly when we look at workplaces what's your thoughts on that but given your like experience in workplaces because as, as kind of an L&D kind of role you have a very unique perspective I think because you naturally have a growth mindset otherwise you wouldn't be in learning development I would hope um, and you get to see the organization from different angles so like what are the 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 recipes or the missing links that some of your recipes might be kind of fulfilling and bringing solutions to I think I'm a well first of all I've been doing lots of interviews this week um interviewing you know training managers and training officers and that kind of stuff which is very fascinating um but but quite to the contrary um I always have my development questions I always ask my you know my develop what you know what are you looking at I I I dress it up in a number of different ways you know so Charlotte you know if I was to sort of sprinkle my magic like you know development dust onto Charlotte you know what what would you wish for from a you know from a behavior what kind of behavior would you like to improve what kind of technical skill would you like and you'd be surprised I would say nine out of ten look at me going nah I'm perfect and these are these are learning and development professionals right and they go nah I was actually I was chatting to my boss and lamenting about this a couple of days ago um you know and and she was sort of saying is that that's just not good is it and I was like well I'm glad we were aligned on it I don't think it is good you know so um yeah but so i think i think not necessarily everyone has got a growth mindset a lot of people are quite short-sighted and but i i'm gonna massively oversimplify something and then but it's it's incredibly complicated and you've used the word many times even in our conversation today the word is experience so i i sort of believe that let, let me let me let me so i'm going to now, now go from a massively complicated but the experience is because we're obviously we're having an experience and I, i'm going to meet you know probably today close to a thousand people right you know i've had an experience with more than a thousand people um and that's just that's just me actually in meetings in in events and that kind of stuff so i'm, I'm touching people the whole time and they, they come from they're, they're some of them presidents some of them are like business directors some of them are they work in you know in the like the canteen or they work on buffets or they're like you know serving me water and tea and stuff like that um they're all treated the same i don't care if you're president or you're the, the man who makes the coffee i mean you're still getting my love um, I think that's important, but it's the experience, right? And it's the, you know you're you're constantly banging into those experiences. And those experiences for me drive our beliefs mm. and what people believe about me, and then ultimately drive the actions. You've got to, I keep saying you've got to see it to be it. But when I say that, it's like if I I, I like to try and you know live the behaviour myself and demonstrate it because you know, oh, you can't do that. You can't be like that, Stodge. You just can't do that. Okay, you think you can't, but I'm going to show you you can. Yeah. right and let's do it and it's like anything it's, it's practice it's you know learn kind of muscle and now i'm going to go a little bit more complicated with you 
Oh, I don't want to lose you, but I love this. I love this in analogy. So if you imagine a, I'm not sure if there's any mathematicians watching, but you imagine one single grain of rice and you imagine it on the first square of a chessboard. So a chessboard has 64 squares. And if I took that grain of rice, me, yeah, and I then put another grain of rice in the next square with me. So there's two. So in the second square, there's two squares. There's two bits of rice. And then obviously in the third square, there's four. And in the fourth square, there's eight. And then in the fifth square, there's 16. And then obviously in six, there's 32. Oh, I can feel people sleeping. Um, so if it gets to the 64th square, how much rice would there be on the 64th square? Oh my gosh, you're putting me on the spot for quick maths now. Like, <laughs> well, let me let, let me give you a bit of a, it's, an, it's an impossible number. It's an impossible number because that much rice yeah. has never in the history of humanity been grown. Mm. It's trillions and trillions and trillions. And that is the ex- ex- experiences, right? So that's how you basically build your your kind of credibility and your trust with people. You're constantly, you know, you, I meet Charlotte and then I have a great experience with Charlotte. And then I'm, I maybe I meet Faisal, I meet Mohammed, or I, you know, I, I meet um, Frederick or whatever. And we have an experience. And don't, then I meet Jay and I meet Caroline. We're, but those experiences need to be consistent. So we're constantly building those experiences. And of course, then people go, oh, gosh, that Stotts is quite a nice guy, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, um, you know um and it's and it's just kind of weird that's that's how the kind of world turns around really it's probably the number one number one skill the the ability to connect with other people and in your view is that a sign of a a good leader because there's the good leaders and there's like toxic leaders what's the difference in your eyes i think i'm going to go back and say that thing again i'm going to try and stop saying it but you got to see it to be it Mm. and when i say you got to see it to be it i mean that what I see a lot, um, and I've worked in, you know, I've worked in Russia, Japan, I've worked all over the, all over Europe, all over Egypt, all over Turkey, um, all over the US, you know, obviously extensively in the Middle East, um, spent a lot of time working in Australia, New Zealand, Vanuatu, Fiji. I've seen it quite a bit. I've done all right, you know, my travels really working. And I think a lot of leaders I see, um, they tend to be of the time when they get to a certain position in their career and they then don't believe that the sort of things that we're talking about now are important mm-hmm. so the sort of things where we would connect and we would ask questions and we would make people feel safe and we would you know respect them and listen to them and acknowledge them become almost like i'm too important to respect people i'm far too important to acknowledge people yeah mm-hmm. And I think here's the problem with that, Charlotte. The problem for me, and it's just my humble opinion, is that if Charlotte is aspiring to be that leader, then Charlotte believes that by ignoring people, disrespectful people, not don't care about them, you know, basically not listening to them, not asking questions, that is what is going to make Charlotte successful. So Charlotte then tries to model that behaviour. If, on the other hand, the leader is acknowledging and respectful and hearing hearing our people and setting strategy and providing clarity and kind of there and making it feel safe, people to try their best. And when they fail, we we kind of like we work and we kind of like because we're going to fail. I fail more more times than you would want to believe. You know, then, of course, you know, Charlotte's looking at me, I I believe anyway. Charlotte looks at me and goes, oh, to be a leader, you need to be respectful. You need to be asking questions. You need to be making it safe for people. You need to be, you know, engaging. You need to be providing clarity. So you kind of, it's, you see, you you have to see it to be it. So I think I'm the, you know, I want to be giving people the role model 
I'm crap at it. I'm, I'm, I try my best. I'm not, I'm not, I'm very far. You're going to be, I'm going to have even more haters now after this uh, podcast, but and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm just, all I want to do is just give it my best, best shot. You know, how can anyone hate that? That's the thing, right? I, I do. Truly oh, people think- do hate it. Oh, Charlotte. Procrastinate. I- yeah. <laughs> people get triggered by the things that they see in other people that perhaps they wish they could be themselves right and i think sometimes you know that can be the case in these scenarios but to bring it back to your point for those people that do love you and on board with what you're saying the haters gonna hate right so for you like it sounds like you're really bringing humanity it back into the workplace in a way that not only you're modeling it for people but you're also spreading this message with your weird human company as well so like how do people, if they don't have role models that are leading the way, perhaps in the way the future needs it in the workplace, how does somebody become that? How does somebody like take charge of that and maybe try and go against the grain and not model that perhaps toxic leader that's living in ego? I think first of all, try and just be who you genuinely are. I mean, I we have these, I mean, I, 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 we see a lot of employees wearing name badges, right? And this has always been a bit of a, a peculiarity for me. So, you know, I used to call name badges um, sort of personal, you know, personality storage devices. Because I used to, you know, you know, sort of an employee outside of work, inside of work, and outside of work, they're like this really gregarious, fun, you know, happy guy or girl. You know, she's all over it. She's like got millions of friends. When she comes to work, she's like a miserable, miserable person, right? So because she puts a name badge on, and I'm thinking mm, she has to live with herself. I mean, when she's living with herself, when she's working and not working. So just choose who you want to be, but be be consistent and try to just just but. I think the key word word here is definitely consistency. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of my little favorite little stories at the moment. So I, there's a lady called uh, Joanna. I won this award oh, three years ago now. It doesn't matter. But I won this little award, which is pathetic, but it got a bit of it got a little bit of global recognition. Well, I'm, I work in the Middle East, obviously, but so it got a bit of a global recognition, which was quite nice. But what was really fascinating, I suddenly got my obviously my my LinkedIn was like full of like you know. People telling me how amazing what I was, which is not true, but they were just like, you know, oh, stops, you know, stops. But this one message really interested me. And um, Joanna, who's Joanna? So um, I sort of like opened it. Hi, Stops, how are you? And I said, oh, great, you know. And I sort of like, oh, I'm brilliant, Joe, you know, how are you? And honestly, don't tell anyone else. Yeah. But I was thinking, no idea who this woman is. But anyway. Hi. Oh, you know, I'm amazed you remember me. I'm like, oh yeah, of course. How can I forget Joe? Uh, you know, well, who is she? Who is she? Um, anyway, so she goes, Oh, you know, I remember when you were like 17. I remember you were my manager when you were like 17 and a half, 18. And I was like, What? What really? So I said, Wow, yeah, of course, Joe. You know, um, we, you know, where when was when when was, when, when were you my team? But oh, you know, we worked in like Bernie Inns and stuff like that. And I was like, Really? Wow. Um and she goes, and I said, well, Joe, can I ask you a personal question? I said, what is it? I said, you know, what are you up to now, Joe? I'll retire and that kind of stuff. I said, okay, that's interesting. What is it, Joe, that's made you remember me for like 40 years? Um, and she goes, because you're a really nice bloke. Because you just really cared about the people. And you just said good morning. And you just kind of like, you're you're in amongst it with us. On We, we worked really hard and it was really challenging work. But you're in amongst it. And that's... And I just, that was, I love her. I love her to bits because I think I've never, I've not seen her for, 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 you know, for 35, 40 years. But it's just amazing what a, you can leave that impression on people, right? Yeah. It's... Game over. Well, well, my, my, my life has been a success. <laughs> well, if you could just show up and be yourself every day, right? Like that's actually, 
technically one of the easiest things you could possibly ever do. It's just that we get in our own way and then we don't do that, right? Is yeah, it... and the older I'm getting, the easier better I'm getting doing it as well. So yeah. <laughs> no holds barred now. You just go for it. <laughs> I am just going, I I I I am sort of just going for it a little bit. I mean I I suppose a little, tiny bit of financial security. Um I you know I'm in a, in quite a safe a, a quite a safe space. Yeah. Um I just I just that that definitely helps. I can understand how if people don't feel particularly safe, they might be less inclined to um to be you know they might they might sort of force themselves into a box they're not particularly keen on they might try and be a peg to fit through a particular hole but i actually ultimately think it does incredible damage for the wellness it, mental health is a disaster um and your motivation levels are plummeting and you're not particularly engaged at work and i i don't really think it pays in the long run i think it's more it's better to be yourself yeah yeah definitely and you can be yourself in a way that that fits society to some extent as well you know because if we're looking at the principles and we're looking at the um, core values that perhaps people want to be living by like kindness like authenticity vitality humanity if we're coming from a place where we know our values at least we're more likely to be able to show up to ourselves and still fit into that peg hole that we're trying to get into it's just that our level of confidence would be very very different so i'm curious Sorry. And, and coming with respect, I think, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, I was really rude then, but just coming with respect, you know, because I, I work with some very interesting cultures. I mean, I, I, I've i worked with police officers wearing grass skirts, you know, and I've, you know, I, and I've, I work in the beautiful, the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people of Abu Dhabi. Um, I've worked in all sorts of different locations. I've worked with people who live in mud huts, you know, on beaches, you know, in, and in all sorts of different p- professions around my, my career. But I've always led with with utter respect. Mm. utter respect i used to i used to look quite pretty one of my little i used to look quite pretty i was in the merchant navy for a while um you know very um i'm being a little bit loose here but you know richard gear-esque you know kind of all, all in white a lot of gold on my shoulder you know three and three quarter stripes we, we need quite, photographic look, evidence to overlay yeah, look quite look quite look quite dashing um in, in my uniform but the uh, i think and some of my peers would say you know they've got to earn my, they've got to earn their stripes not you know i don't know why you're so nice to them they've got to earn their stripes and by when they said earn their stripes they've got to earn your respect and i'm like i disagree they can lose my respect mm-hmm. uh, but they haven't got to earn it free I, I interrupted you sorry charlotte Come on. no no that's super interesting and it's it's paramount right because unfortunately we do live in a society where we are taught that you know respect is something that's earned um and you know different cultures experience that in very different ways and like you said some of us are more privileged than others but Stotts, I really would love to get your thoughts on the idea that organizations don't necessarily need more strategy they just need a belief that they can get to where it is they want to go and have like people to believe in them so if a leader believes in their employee more than they give them strategy essentially leaving them better than they found them like your friend joe that you worked with before you clearly made her feel a certain way and that stayed with her so what's your thoughts on training because there's so much training that companies are giving to their staff is it more training and strategy that companies really need to be able to be well and thrive no i think no it isn't i think the that's that's i'm always i'm always like staggered by how much um 
learning resource is available to everybody. I have 20,000 books in my on my computer. You know, people are often saying, you can you send me this book? Can you send me that book? It's what I do. I send it on WhatsApp, you know, I normally I send the book out and people are like, oh, you're amazing. How come you've got those books? And, you know, because over my career, I've kind of collected quite a few books, which is great. Um, so I'm happy to always share them. And if anyone's listening now, I want a book, let me know and I can uh, do my best to share it with you, uh, which is quite fascinating. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out, there's a lot of information out there, right? And I think the challenge is that you know, if you look at a specific, you're getting very, you're getting very technical on me now, my, my professional side of my job life. But if you look at a, I always say, if you look at a, a specific job role, it doesn't matter what that might be. It might be, I don't know, cabin crew, let's say cabin crew, or it might be a, you know, a serving, a service system in Burger King, something like that, or in Kentucky or whatever. So you've got a, that you've got a particular role. I think there's, there's kind of six things that that role needs to understand. Yeah. And I think if you can give clarity to those, those six things, I think the first thing for me is to be that role. So let's let's pick cabin crew because it's quite topical. So it's cabin crew, right? So the first thing I need to understand is um, who are the stakeholders of my customers in that role? Yeah, who am I working with? Because obviously I'm reporting to a captain. Probably there's probably a cabin supervisor or a cabin senior. There's definitely going to be guests. There's going to be ground handling crew below the wing, above the wing. You know, there's a whole load of customers I'm working with. I've got so first, second, and third level customers. I've got first, second, and third level. Um, you know managers within the organization so i think i owe it to the, the, the this, you know, to charlotte who's my cabin crew i think i owe it to her to make sure that she's very clear about who her customers are and her stakeholders because i think some people just don't get it they, yeah. they, don't, they can't see it right mm-hmm. but that's that's number one number two you know i i would i'm a huge believer in what i would call my personal attributes so this is where i get a little bit agitated i am guilty as charged because it's just very simple most things in life are massively complicated and i try to make it simple but we often hang a color on someone we say you're yellow or green or blue or red we use things like mbti and we you know that you're one of 16 personality types i think it's a crock of shit if i'm honest um and i because i think that there's nine billion people on the planet and nine billion people are different yeah. you know we are we have we, we probably share similar dna but ultimately you because you're a culmination of experiences right so when you look at what we call the attributes you need to understand kind of what may you know are you analytical are you creative are you reflective you know there's some nice attributes out there that are useful so i would say that in cabin crew you need certain attributes to be cabin crew right so number one is you need to know your customers and stakeholders and how you fit within the organization number two is you know what types of gifted this is what natural gifts that charlotte has not trained gifts and natural natural abilities that she has that would make her perhaps more benefit make her a good member of cabin crew so that's number two number three there's probably some behaviors that i'd expect her to be exhibiting you know so you know active listening maybe or asking questions or maybe kind of like you know present when she's in a situation um she might want to be comfortable or confident asking questions she might need to be assertive right so there's there's some kind of like um some kind of behavioral competencies that i'd like her to have so i've got you know the stakeholders the customers i've got the attributes that her natural gifts her talents i've got some basic behaviors that we can probably train um charlatan that's going to be useful um i think there's probably going to be a certain level of experience that charlotte would need so i'd like to say you know to be a cabin crew you need to fly so many hours and this is the training you would have blah, 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 blah experience right there's probably um some technical skill because you're going to need to types of plane um you know ratings of plane different doors different evacuation points different you know procedures 
um, takeoff, landing, serving. So you're probably going to need to have some technical ability and you're probably going to need to be qualified um, in cabin crew. Maybe not, but there's something you know, that's going to be sort of GCAA in this region as GCAA. So you're probably going to have some type of qualification. So those six things, if I then say this is the job role, yeah, and I can then compare Charlotte against that job role, and I can then instantly start to see where the gaps are. But more importantly, I don't know, yes, I have. I'm not sure this is going to work. This is not planned, viewers. This is not planned, but I will do it anyway. Um, I have a pack of, I have my, my pack of cards. I'm not sure you can see, but anyway, um, anyway, pick a card. Let's just take let's just take two random cards. So we let's have the let's have the king, the king of diamonds. Uh, there's the king of diamonds there, yeah. right? Okay, um, and there is the let's have the let's have the three of hearts because she's lovely. We love our cabin crew. She's lovely. There's the three of hearts. So I've got the king of diamonds and the three of hearts. So there's the there's the pilot. There's there's the captain of the of the plane, and there's the cabin crew. Yeah. What I want to do is obviously you know the captain would have the success profile. You know he or she would basically have those six things as well, customers and stakeholders and attributes. And then the cabin crew would have that as well. If the cabin crew wanted to be the pilot or any other job role, if the barista wanted to be me, God forbid, um, what we should be able to do is actually layer those two roles over here and say, actually, do you know what, Charlotte? Um, you're a pretty good fit. So these areas here, we're really happy with you. These areas here, We've got, you know, if, if the pilot wants to be a cabin crew, he's going to probably have to learn these things. And if you want to be the captain, you're going to have to learn these things. Now I can be very precise because I can direct Charlotte. Charlotte really wants to be a pilot. So I can say, that's fine. So let's, Charlotte, these are the things you'd need to do. These are the qualifications you'd need. This is the experience you'd need. This is the attributes you'd need. These are the competencies you'd need. Yada, yada, yada. And then I'm actually saying to Charlotte, and here's the equipment, here's the tools, go and, go and do it. These are the books, these are the courses, these are the qualifications, and point Charlotte in that direction. What we do is most businesses I work with, they do the absolute opposite of that. So they basically go, um, we don't really know what, what, what we, we give them a job description, it's pretty ropey, um, it's pretty vague, um, and it's just never ever looked at. Uh, we might, might use it for 15 seconds in a recruitment process um, or when we're firing someone. Um, and then basically we just say, oh, and by the way, Charlotte, there's always like, there's some 15,000 books and there's like 74 million training courses on kind of Coursera and there's all that. We need to get some experience about life and then come back to us. Charlotte's thinking, mm, which book am I going to read? I'm busy. I've got to do what well, I've got to feed my kids and I've got to like, you know, I've got to, you know, sort of court my husband and that kind of stuff. So I'm not time for this. Just can you be more precise, Andrew, telling me what you want me to do? So I've got my two, I've lost, I've lost my employees now. Never a good thing, is it? You're losing your employees in, in a live show. Um, but if you've got, if you've got, I've got my two employees back. Here they are, they're back. I'm going to get rid of my other, other employees for a second in this example. But I've got my two employees. Actually, it just makes, it makes it easier for the employee. And, and this employee can go anywhere. You, know, you can move anywhere within the organisation. You start to put those around each other um, and you get some clarity. Have you, have you gone to sleep yet? That's, You've probably no, gone to sleep now. But that's it, right? Like what you've just shared there, that's a great recipe. Um, it, it really is. It's something that you can see because it's, it's, it starts with the human in mind. Yes, it takes into account everything else, obviously, the organisation needs, but it, there's an integration there. It's, it's not just one entity working in silo and i think that is creating a lot of separation within workplaces so you, you've touched on it there and i was going to ask that what you actually see in day to day and you're obviously seeing the opposite of that strategy you've just shared in some cases yeah and because what happens in my line of work i've been doing this job for the first few years um so i'm getting slightly embarrassed about that. 
Let's not just pretend that I've only been doing it for two years. Um, the because uh, that's why I'm so youthful. Um, but the but the reality is that we tend to see um, learning functions going after easily measured learning, right? So that's why I look for the must. So we just and I think there's a real danger in that. I think there's two real dangers. I think a the danger is it's bloody expensive, and b the danger it doesn't really stick. But of course, C, it's easy to measure that Charlotte's done it because either Charlotte has done it, but there's no real test of Charlotte doing it. I mean, we know that she turned up, but we don't really know whether there was any stickiness of the learning. We just know that, yeah, she was there at nine o'clock and she finished at five o'clock and she did a, you know, that was what she did. She might have taken a test, but, you know, she probably only did, took the test to get through the test. And now, you know, if she was asked about it next tomorrow, she probably wouldn't have any idea about that at all. So that's really dangerous, but it's easy, right? So a lot of organisations go with the easy, dangerous route, in my humble opinion. Yeah. The other way is that, you know, Charlotte comes to me, in our previous analogy, and she says, Stop, so I want to be a Yeah. So I can then go, that's fine. Yeah. There's a, that's what a pilot needs. Don't do that. Oh, and by the way, Charlotte, this is where you are on your journey. Yeah. Um, and now we can help you map your journey between where you are today and where you want to be in the future. And here's how you can do it. And let's give you some tools, but ultimately you own it because that's the want. So that's the then the second two parts of the the can and the should. So I can I can now I, I can show show Charlotte how to do it and she can go and do it if she wants to as the cabin crew. And I, of course, can say and I'd really I, I think you'd be an amazing pilot, Charlotte. So I can do the marketing and encouragement around it. The should, you know, why I think Charlotte should do it. Yeah. So just giving a bit of clarity to what we're trying to do um, makes a big difference. Yeah. Anyway. So where does someone start? There's a leader listening to this that is on board with what you're saying, but they are doing the complete opposite. Like what? what's one thing that they could walk away from listening to you speak about today and get themselves on the right track? Start with experiences. You're getting other people. Yeah. Just start with your experiences and don't try and, it's like, oh, I, I need to lose 20 kilos. Like, I, I genuinely, I need to lose 20 kilos. So problems that with me lose, I got my, you know, my daughter's wedding and stuff coming up. And I, I, I've got a problem with that. That's a massive issue for me. I don't want, at the moment I, I have to, but I don't want to. And that's a big challenge. Um, so I think if you want to do something, you have to basically, A, you have to want to do it. And B, you've got to be, you've got to do it in small steps. So it's just, I would say, just, just try and do one thing. Smile at strangers in elevators. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Say good morning to your team. Yeah. Ask a few more questions. You know, I think I was I, I shared a stage with uh, Marshall Goldsmith the other day. He's apparently the world's number one coach. Um, very nice chap. But but it was he said to me, starts the one, you know, the best question, the only question for me is um is how can I improve my relationship with you? And then just sit back and listen. So I would say to Charlotte, Charlotte, how can I improve my relationship with you? Mm listen right you know I, I said to my wife how can i improve my relationship what can i do you know for my kids how can i improve my relationship they will say listen more dad and spend more time at work spend, spend, yeah, probably more. that's wrong don't spend more time at work spend more time at home but actually i think probably my wife would like me to spend more time at work um but 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 generally it's the experience right so you know what just ask your wife ask your husband ask your boyfriend ask your children ask your employees you know ask charlotte ask andrew you know, what are two or three things I could do to improve our relationship? Mm. And they will they will say, well, just listen, ask us a few more questions, you know, be a bit more, create a bit more safe space for us. And then pick two or three of those things. You know, OK, how do I create a safe space for you? You know, listen to me and be more approachable. OK, let's do that. Let's work on it. So we work on those two or three little things. And then 
maybe after four or five weeks, we say, so, you know, five weeks ago, you said, you know, you want me to be a better listener and spend a bit more time with you and ask a few more questions. You know, how would you rate me on a scale of one to 10? You know, 10, I've like knocked it out of the park. Four, you know, I've, I've given, it a go, given it a go. So just think about little tiny increments. Yep. And then eventually it becomes natural because like with most things, you go through, I think the, the biggest part of it is not being aware. So we there's those kind of four, you know, in sort of in um sort of Blanchard situational leadership model. And we talk about, you know, the the worst people are unconsciously incompetent or they just don't know that they don't know. So I think the biggest jump is actually being is being more self-aware. So of course as soon as you know that you don't know, yeah. that's a huge step. And of course then practicing it is really hard. Because going, you know, practicing listening or practicing asking questions, you know, someone was shouting at me earlier, telling me that it was too easy, um, telling me what I was saying was too easy. And I I was like, well, thank you for the feedback. I really appreciate it. But I know one million percent, if I was watching that person doing something that I was asking them to do, they would be completely incapable of doing it. Yeah, it's easy in theory, isn't it? It's very different in practice, for sure. It's, it's funny, yeah. you uh, where, at the event, obviously, that I, I met you at, you got us juggling. And the whole premise of doing that, right, was to that you were showing them step by step, but then make it, like, reminding them perhaps when old habits come into play when they're learning a new lesson and it really resembles what you've just shared there right is is that we actually have to practice it and we have to follow the steps because it, it looks good watching somebody else juggle and people make it look easy but when they actually try to do it for themselves it's 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 it's, t- it's really tricky but it's the same with the simple things in life i think smiling at somebody in the elevator that sounds like the simplest thing in the world but if you haven't slept well and you've got a million emails that you're already looking at on your phone on the way to your car like suddenly like that's that's the hardest thing you can possibly do so it starts with with the person and where they're at right but also we have amazing peripheral vision so everyone thinks that we only see things here right so you know if you're possible if, you, if i'm the boss and i'm walking past i mean i might be looking at my computer doing my emails yeah, yeah. whatever and then my boss walks past here you know if she doesn't say good morning to me i mind that because i can see i've seen her waft into the building right so i i've got this i love it i just go up behind people have their chair i don't type, i just grab their chair and I see they're on a conference call or I see they're in a meeting or they're they're busy doing something. I'll just touch the back of their chair, you know, because it's just like, I'm here, I've got I'm I'm here for you, I've got you, you know. And they 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 touch my hand and they're like, you know, smile and it's lovely, it's really nice. And it's just that that experience yeah. of just touching the chair, right? Just it takes about, you know, it did it in my previous life, but walking around the office and just saying good morning to people, um, it's amazing because you just learn so much as well. I mean, it's all because you def people are much more willing to come and give you their problems or ex- or share their problems with you um, if they feel that you're a, a human, you know, as opposed to this kind of like you know godlike kind of like super leader, um, I, which I am have never been and will never be. But it's but it's an interesting. I think some people believe that that's that is what leadership is. It should be kind of godlike and you know almost like you know untouchable. And that's who I am. And if you want to be like me, then be isolated and don't mix with people and don't connect because I'm just, I'm the master of all I survey. Don't yeah. be a dick. Yeah. You know, just uh... in, in in my eyes, the hero, <laughs> the hero leaders are the ones that create that sense of human connection. And I think you are being an absolute voice for that in what you do starts. And I really appreciate what you do and coming on the podcast and sharing this. The second t- uh, part of this podcast title is, 
uh, become a force for good, right? Thrive in the workplace and become a force for good. Because I personally believe those things go hand in hand. And then you've touched on so many ways to be a force for good. But I'm curious to know, what is being a force for good for you in the world? Being able to sleep at night, being able to pass on a little bit. I'm very into this idea at the moment. I Maybe it's my age. I'm very much into this. I just feel I have a responsibility to be able to, to pass the baton to the next generation. That's my force for good. It's like... I'm working with a lot of generation. I've had in a couple of generation alphas. I've spoken to them recently. It's been such a liberating experience. I've spoken to a six-year-old, super talented footballer, who was six. I interviewed her. I was interviewed on TV by a, a very, you know, dynamic eleven-year-old. And I'm just acutely aware that they are very curious about me because uh, they're just like fascinated by me. So I'm like, oh god, like that old elephant of a bloke. Um, but some of the things that they really desperately want, you know, my 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 eleven year old um friend, you know, she was basically saying, you know, I just really want to talk. I I've just kind of become aware of these boy things, you know, around me, and I want to talk to boys, and I want to, how do I talk to them? Because it's a bit weird. I can sort of like send them a look. I can do like a, a smiley face or a, a thumbs up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's those kind of things. It's it's for me, it's passing the baton. It's trying to prepare people. I'm not going to be here forever um it's passing the baton to my to my to the future generation and the more people that can kind of get on that bus the better i've got two amazing children who are you know absolute standard bearers um if you met them you my son is just like the is like a mini me you know one million dollars um <laughs> he's exactly he's exactly like that i mean he's just amazing it's just such a he's an hr manager he's phenomenal you know really connecting with people and when he moves around the office he's like he's just like watching yourself you know but yeah just part of passing i think for being a force for good passing to the next generation preparing the best generation to the best of our ability i feel that we have a great responsibility for that mm, what a beautiful answer beautiful answer so my last question for you starts as you know uh, for every listen this podcast gets we are also passing the baton in a sense by trying to make the world a better place for generations that come after us by donating to the 2030 Sustainable Global Goals. Um, and you have chosen to support Global Goal 3, which is good health and well-being. Why is this goal so important for you? I tell you why it's important for me, because I think everyone out there is, is on a, everyone's on their own battle. Everyone's fighting their own battle and their own demons. Um, and I am so included in that category. You know, I, I fight my demons every single day. Um, I fight my depression. I fight my, you know, I, 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 I can feel myself kind of going into it so often. You know, it's so easy for me to just go into like mope mode and sad mode. And I'm, you know, and I just, and I think we have to put more light on that. You know, it used to be a girl thing, and we used to then, you know, my it was my mother's problem. You know, it was a women's problem. It was never a man problem. But what we're seeing increasingly is just you know male suicide i'm getting all dark on you now but you know male suicide rates um you know the you know the failure we are failing um young men i believe we're strongly failing young men because we're not really addressing some of the emotional issues and not really addressing some of the connectivity issues and so we've got these very this kind of like you know this generation of very disengaged disenchanted um men i mean kind of women haters really because they just can't get any they can't so i don't know how, how honest i can be but they can't get laid they can't get sex right so they hate they hate women what they don't realize is that it's the it's actually themselves it's the problem um and so they they, they really want to we have to be able to help people with their mental health so the the more that you are talking about it and my very good friend scott armstrong's talking about it and 
and maybe I talk about it and people go, oh, God, Andrews talks about mental health and depression and, and feeling worried about life and stuff. Then maybe if Andrew's doing it, because, oh, my God, I think Andrew's like, you know, kind of rocking it and seems to have his, have his shit together. Yeah. Actually, maybe it's OK to talk about it. So I think that's an important point. So the more that we can kind of promote that, um, the better it becomes. Sorry for that rant. I do apologise. It's it's a well-intended rant, and it's so true. And we've had Scott Armstrong on the show, um, and we've also had Dr. Robert Chan on the show as well, who is uh, from Lighthouse Arabia has shared some really, really great ways as well that we can start to move forwards and move forward in a healthier and happier way. Um, and for our listeners as well, we do have a second podcast called Stress Relief in Your Pocket, where we do interview and we share strategies for both men and for women um, that are experiencing the more lows of life than perhaps some of the highs. So you're well, more than welcome to tune into that. And Slots, thank you so much for sharing that as well, because I think sometimes it's so easy to see the glitz and the glam and not always uh, so easy to see, you know, some of those darker moments that, that I think everybody experiences. So perhaps one day at some point we'll get you back on the show just dedicated to speak about that. I'm I, absolutely your servant, Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me on. I mean, if you're listening to me, thank you for listening. Um, genuinely, if I can be of any service to anyone, if, if you just want to ask a question or you want to want someone to listen to you, then just give me a give me a call, send me a WhatsApp. Um, you'll find me incredibly responsive because I, I love you. I really do. I love you. And I think sometimes people get very uncomfortable with that. Um, but hey, I, you know, I, we, we're the same species, for goodness sake. You know, we've got to be looking out for each other and we wouldn't be, I think, the, the, being the the love has, has kept us has made us successful as a species if we were super selfish and super bullying and super harassing then we wouldn't have been such a cohesive um you know species and i think we, we've, we've basically kind of like all self-managed into that kind of who we are by it's driven by that i know it's not you know it's not you can probably just you know, not even chemistry but it's not physical but it's, it, it exists that kind of love exists and just showing a bit of love to your fellow man um could solve a lot of problems 100%. And you are a bundle of love and our listeners can find you on LinkedIn. We're going to make sure, obviously, the link is in the show notes to this episode as well. So please go follow, start share the love um, and go and continue learning from the legend. 2.8 million, 2.8 million views last month. I was like, Whoa. Man, good man. <laughs> so you've got to in now and see what the fuss is about. Oh, <laughs> Why, why would they want to listen to this Muppet? Um, but, yeah, no, but, but genuinely, um, I'd love to connect. So please, yeah, anyone who's listening, please feel free to kind of reach out and connect. Today's episode was hosted by myself, Charlotte Stebbing-Mills, the co-founder of The Wellness Theory. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe and share with someone who may benefit and be part of our mission to help people realise when they're healthy and well, they can be a force for good in the world. I just wanted to share some more about our partner, B1G1. B1G1 is a global movement that enables businesses to incorporate effective impact creation into their everyday activities in a simple and powerful way. Through B1G1, businesses can choose from a wide range of verified projects around the world and integrate these impacts into their business operations. The core concept of B1G1 is that every business transaction or interaction can be directly linked to making a positive impact in our world. Whether it's providing access to clean water, supporting education, planting trees or addressing social issues, B1G1 enables businesses of all types to make a real difference. To find out more about them, visit their website at b1g1.com. Until next time, be well, mean well, and make a difference that lasts. See you in the next episode.